EXPEL YOUR DEMONS! Anal dwelling butt monkey ready to explode. Oh man, alright. Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0. This week we will talk about Cobra Kai and Nintendo Switch taping up its game, adding two new Pokemon games. That's not one, that is two. And the rumor that Fortnite might be coming to Switch. Hey guys, guess what? I made it through it without messing up! Yeah! We made it simple. <laughs> yeah, you did. He did make it simple. I'm going to say, he gave me a buy this week, guys. But you know, hey, we did it. You're listening to Geekologist Radio. That is exactly what we're doing right now. We're about ready to geek out all over all sorts of stuff. I uh, hope you've been liking our Westworld episodes. They have been awesome. I love listening to the OGs coming on here and giving their takes. I miss those guys. Uh, probably might be getting in the view- near future. You might be hearing one someone certain somebody coming back to the podcast. Uh, more on that. You know, it might take it might take a little bit. Probably like a month or two, but we'll see towards the end of the summer how things are going. I think I might be stealing them for a live episode here when we get back onto Mixer. But right now we're going to dive into our weekly update. And man, Nick, what's going on, man? Like, what has been what's like been taking up your time? What is what have you been up to? Have seen Have you seen anything? Like, I know you know got movies like, uh, you know, Solo came out. Also, uh. And besides Solo, also Upgrade is out right now. Yeah, and I want to see Upgrade. I actually kind of want to see Upgrade more than I want to see Solo. Just for you know, the- I hate to tell, I hate to like hang my Star Wars belt uh, lightsaber up for a little bit. But uh, honestly, if it was me just picking the movie that we were to go see this weekend with the family, I would be wanting to go see Upgrade. But yeah, I think I'd force myself to go see Solo. Just so I'm not behind, and I know it's getting a little bit rough hit, you know, out there. The critics are taking like about a seven out of ten across the board. I'm seeing, and it, not the biggest box office smash, but uh, it, I, I, it's number one. It's number no, one. No, I understand. Just uh, I, in terms of other Star Wars movies. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. What's interesting about this though is is that we have, you know, we have a, we follow a lot of a lot of very opinionated people. Uh, so much so that with Star Wars, uh, some of the podcasts we listen to, it's usually these, you got these people that's opinions usually mesh. They are actually split on the solo. And also something I've noticed, this is something that you'll see a lot of right now is that women right now, if it, this is just saying women and gay men have given that are, are more prominent to liking this movie and comparing it to the original star wars films hmm. more so than other other uh, particular groups and i found that kind of interesting one of the thing is is that han solo has always been kind of that debonair swashbuckler he's your he's your jack sparrow you know he's your he's your space pirate your smuggler your scoundrel and he's 
you know, he always has had this kind of sexy swagger about him. He's a handsome but, bad boy. But the thing is, is you don't get just one handsome bad boy in this movie. You, get you got two. two of them. You get freaking Lando. And it's and Donald so, Glover. I mean. I know, exactly. You know, uh, he, I, I get his song, uh, This Is America, yeah. has been stuck in my head. Yeah, it's like number one right now in the top. Yeah, I it's believe. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I mean, it just so... I got I want I got to see the movie just for Donald Glover in general. Like when he's in something, I want or he has, he has a connection to it. I makes me want to see it because I want to support his craft because the guy is a genius in everything he touches. Go back and watch Atlanta season three because Atlanta season two is out right now. Atlanta is a great show, man. I know Cajun I, put it on his top uh, ten list for the year last year. It's fantastic. I love I love Atlanta. I'll have to go back and check it you out. Have that to. is one of his yeah. things I haven't seen yet. So. It's one of those shows that might get past you, but uh, Donald Glover, even on Community, I love them on Community, and oh yeah, yeah, he was he, even pe- other actors that were on Community were saying how much he worked in between scenes and how much he just continuously wrote. Everybody knew this guy was going to be a star, so people in the industry have known for a long time before it hit our laps that Donald Glover is an amazing talent. Yeah, I mean, and he does so much, like he's. In a sense, he you know who he kind of reminds me of? He's coming up, and he's kind of like the Black Howie Mandel. Okay. <laughs> uh, be, for, char- for for voice acting is what I mean. Oh, okay. If, if you follow if you follow How- Howie Mandel, he was a huge, huge voice actor in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Muppet Babies, he did multiple characters. Yeah, Bobby's uh, World, that was his own show. Yeah, Bobby's, Bobby's World. He did all these different shows with these different voices and stuff like that, and that is something that Donald Glover does as well. I mean, we all know that he's that he's takes a big part in Spider Man in, in one of the series of that, yeah. As Miles Morales, yeah. I mean, so it's just like he's got this in, it, hence why he's Miles' uncle in you know in in the current Spider Man universe. They wanted to throw him in there. You know, we wanted him as Spider Man. We all asked for him. Yeah, I think everybody so, I mean, wanted Donald Glover as to be Spider Man, which would have been perfect. But you know, uh, what's who's the who's the kid playing Spider Man right now? What's his name again? Uh, I'm completely spaced on his name. But that young Tom Holland, Tom Holland, that young lad is doing just fine. I like him. Oh a yeah, lot. no, no, he's he's perfect. <laughs> he plays a perfect Peter. It's just, and it would just, I mean, and you guys, you know, if you are excited about Spider Man, we are getting the animated film. We are getting yeah. the animated film that is going to take on the Spider-Verse, which we will get Miles. I mean, it looks like Miles is the main character in it, but we're going to actually get Spider-Goon. We're going to have a ton of different Spider-People, I guess, because they're both men, male and female. We're going to have all sorts of stuff with it. So it's going to be a very interesting film. All we've seen right now is Peter talking to a young Miles. Uh, we, yeah. Then we see a grave yeah. for Peter. Just like Miles, we wanted a new update for... Uh... Spider-Man, John Stewart in the Arrowverse. I was hoping would show up at some point, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore. But I would love for the next Green Lantern movie or Green Lantern Corpse instead of just rebooting Hal Jordan again. Let's just bring out John Stewart. And that was the animated mm-hmm. series that hit me in high school, and I watched a ton of that. Let's just update our characters a little bit here, and let's let's get the movement going on. We don't have to keep rebooting the same, you know, old characters. I mean. We all love Hal Jordan, and Ryan Reynolds tried his best. <laughs> but uh, if the Green Lantern Corpse movie, which is rumored, I would love it to see uh, John Stewart leading the you know leading the the charge from uh, from Earth. 
Now, I got something that would be interesting. Like, if you had to, if you were to able to, able to pick someone, uh, this would be kind of funny because the guy who he took over the role, the the show for, was named John Stewart, just a different spelling. Yeah. But what would you think about if Trevor Noah was to play that role for John Stewart in the in the in, in the as a Green Lantern. Well, I like Trevor Noah, um, and you're talking about Trevor Noah from Comedy Central, right? From the yes, the Daily yes, Show. Yeah. yeah. But he's is he is he British or? Because he's not he's not American. He's British or no? He's British. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it would be a British Green Lantern because I don't know if he's a great actor that can change his voice, maybe like an Andrew Lincoln or something like that, where he seems more American. Uh, for Earth, but for Earth, it doesn't matter. You're right. For if he's representing Earth, it doesn't matter if he's British or New Zealand. I just like him. Yeah, I like, I like the guy too. It's but I mean, if they were to go to comedy, if they're going to comedy, okay. there's someone else. I mean, he like I don't know which route they would go with it. I mean, and then there's something else. You know, it's uh, like it's just there's a few different characters that I'd like to see sprout up. Like because I'm honestly, I would love there, there's another character actor who I would love to see come into a superhero movie. And, you know, we both, we both really, you know, enjoy his stuff. I'm talking about Pharaoh. Jay Pharaoh. Oh, Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love for him to be a superhero of some sort. What if he was a uh, Booster Gold? A black Booster Gold? Yeah. Because it's the, he's that, the comedy oh relief. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, holy shit. I think he's a perfect Booster Gold. Yeah. He is because yeah. Booster Gold is comedy. Like if you play DC Universe online, you you're bombarded by Booster Gold trying to sell you stuff, yeah. trying to do this. Yeah. He would be epic with that because of his ability to change his tone of voice and everything yep. else. Nah. I mean, I also heard rumors that they are rebooting Police Academy. Oh, Jay Farrow has to be in Jay that. Jay Farrow and Jay, Jay Farrow is connected to it supposedly. Oh, he has that to be the in that. There's no way in hell you can make the movie without him. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, th- there's there's rumors about that. Like, I would love to see a whole new Police Academy franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's so yeah. Just going through that kind of stuff. That's just a wish list. Like, it'd be kind of it would be kind of cool to see that. Those are you know, I, something's going on. Uh, a Batman movie with sidekicks with Robin and Booster Gold, and oh uh, it's not it's not Rubber Man. It's not was Stretch Man. What is the I forget his name and because like, he, he's he just uh, where's the white white little spanky? Yeah, like, yeah he's, exactly. He's so yeah. goofy looking. Yeah, he's not Mister Fantastic, but basically Mister Fantastic for the DC universe. But a weekly flow update: something that came out on Netflix, Damien, and I don't know if you're a big fan of it. I don't think we've really talked about this before. Are you a fan of Rest of Vel- Development? I I have only watched little bits here and there. I have not caught. It's always been something I mean to watch, but it's just other things happen. Now, season four came out on Netflix, and a lot of people were saying, yeah, let's hope for season five. Uh, if it comes out, we'll forget about how season four, you know, was and ended because it didn't hold. It wasn't as great as the first three seasons, and I admit it wasn't, but I mean, it, it's it is what it was. So I'm only one episode in the end to season five, and it basically was like this huge recap of season four because how confusing it was to kind of keep uh everything in place exactly what was happening so one episode in season five and holding out hope i didn't really enjoy it that much i didn't hit next and start watching episode two if that gives you anything um so yeah it's just a little i'm hoping for the best i love arrested development so i'm crossing my fingers here another thing i was doing is uh 
jumped off and I uh, off the Xbox for a while and I was playing PUBG on PC, and I just want to make the real comparison that it runs so much better on PC. I mean, it just the guns are quicker, the reload, the movement, the jumping. I mean, just everything. <sighs> Xbox right now with the newest patch that came out. It's really frustrating. You're getting so much rubber band. You're getting so much Play-Doh. The rendering is not happening when you jump out of plane. And actually in Erangel, it's happening a lot easier. I don't know if that's just because it's the OG map. But in Miramar for Xbox, it's terrible. It is terrible to go to a big city. It's it's really hard to play right now. I've been playing with a lot of the guys from the Hotspot podcast, from the Dirt Their Discord. And yesterday I just told him I'm done. I can't do it anymore because it just kept on logging off saying the servers are busy. And something that Dano pointed out in the podcast a couple weeks ago is that PUBG guys between PC and Xbox has made $900 million. So if you're saying this is a beta or we should get used to this or more updates are coming, they've made $900 million. It's, it's ridiculous that this game is not running any smoother. And on the Reddit page for Xbox PUBG, I was looking the other day, and then there's this huge thread going on of posting games that look like PUBG from the 1990s. And they were posting all these different screenshots of games, and then it started moving up to like 2000s and 2005. And I was like, oh, that's 2005. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That was 13 years ago. Oh, my God. This PUBG game, it's still fun. I still like it, but it is getting very frustrating on the Xbox. I played a little bit here on the Xbox, but uh, I mean, honestly, uh, my time's been spent a little bit elsewhere. Uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff more with the Sea of Thieves side, but uh, some of the things that I wanted to get into that, we'll get into that with get some game talk. But for now, uh, you know, you're talking about PUBG. Actually, you know what? No, I will go. I'll go into the Hunger and Deep. Let's talk about the update. Okay. By time this up, the time this comes out. Hungering Deep will have been out for a week. We found out that the Hungering Deep is the start of their weekly content updates. Hungering Deep is an event that's going to last two weeks. There will be elements of the event that go that stay place in the game. Now, I wanted to give you guys, this is my actual full-down review of Sea of Thieves. Uh, I am writing an article that will be more in-depth, but basically, think about the, when you're a kid. You were given the opportunity, you had toys. No one told you how to play with your toys. You could have He-Man take on G.I. Joe and Cobra. You could have whatever you wanted fight and merge together. Toy Story has shown this, okay? They, you know, all the characters interact. Basically, a lot of us had in our head that we were going to get this game with Sea of Thieves. That we were going to get a game that had, you know, we've been, we've been so, like, hand-fed ways to do things that, like, I forgot back in the day when like, I would play golden eye and i would create my own modes and then like we would use it as a sandbox and like basically play like they're action figures but we knew who shot who you know we would do that like i'm not gonna lie we were like in middle school in early high school years playing that and doing that with like my sister and my cousins and whatnot well in a sense that's basically rare did it again that's what they did when they gave us sea of thieves they said hey I mean, they gave us a sandbox. They gave us our toy box that tells us when we shoot something, when we hit something, what we did, but we get to be pirates. The measure, When they get put out an update, yeah, sometimes it's going to be a lot more content. This one was a quest line. And at first glance, you think, wow, that's not much it's doing. Then you experience it. 
So I was thinking I was going to play for, I'm just going to play for a couple hours last night. Let me get some rest. So I hop on and I wound up playing from like, I don't know, I think it was like 10 at night. I played till five in the morning. It's a good session. Yeah. So what happened was I started off in the game because of this event that's going on. Nobody was attacking the skull fort, and this one guy, I, the one guy was just a single person on the boat, on the on a galleon, fighting the skull fort. He leaves. I single-handedly take on six waves after that. Log it, then I get, like, a full crew comes on, and then we take down the skull fort, get to go turn everything in, without any issue. Then this sloop comes up and says, hey, guys, let's do the, do you guys have the drums? Like, we counted out. We had, there's three of us out of the four that had drums, and they had two people that had the drums. We're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to call this Megalodon. Interesting feature is, is that you have to carry the tune. You have to go pick up the tune. Someone has to play the drums by Merrick. You go swim out, and then you get, and then before you get on the ladder, someone on the ship has to start playing the drums so that they have the tune. Hmm. You have to have one person at least playing the tune the entire time by time you get over to the spot where you can summon the shark, then you have to have five people. So you have to have someone from another crew at least be able to come over and help you summon it. And then this giant shark that is, I now know how Roy Schneider felt in Jaws. <laughs> like, seriously, like we we're grabbing black. Like we didn't have, you know, we didn't have, this wasn't Bruce. We didn't have a piece of dynamite to throw out, but we had freaking powder kegs. And I was the kamikaze guy going, okay, guys, we're not going to get, we can't take it, take it down. Let's jump into the water. So I jump into the water with a powder keg, swim it away from the boat so they don't blow up the boats. This thing's hitting you. And when this thing hits you, it rocks you. It tips a galleon to its side and you fall off. No joke. This is insane. The, the mechanics of it, you know, you're calling out when this thing's coming around you. It sunk us the first time. So we're like, well, shit. You know, we're not going to be able to do this. So we go over and we, we park next to the sloop. And then, you know, and we thought that, oh, the thing's going to still be there. It's not there. Then here comes another galleon and another galleon comes over. We have all the ships, all the players that are on our server in one area. And then we, they played it. We summoned it up. We all jumped onto one. Most of us all jumped onto one ship. Deadly Adder's sitting there with me. He's manning our ship with one of our other crewmates. And we're we're on the mat on the main ship, just take, shooting this thing, and everybody's just like getting it, it hits. Then we get knocked off. We're hopping on. It took us twenty minutes, and there was like, I think there was like thirteen. Let's see, there's four, four, four. So that's twelve. Yeah, there's like fourteen or fifteen. There's like fourteen of us that were there, um, fighting this thing, and the. I have screenshots from this because it's going to go into my article. Now, the thing I wanted to talk about is is that Sea of Thieves is not the game I thought I was getting when I bought it. And I get that. I get that some people feel because of that because it's not the game they thought. They thought they're getting like this Destiny-style game that they're going to be spoon-fed content that allows them to go and do these raids and things like that. But the stuff's there. The content's there. It's just that they, it's a lot of the content is also based off of what you do to make it. Now, this night was a perfect example of it. it's what you make it happen my first part of the night was good then you know i got to take on this megalodon i got the figurehead i got the scars i got the tattoo i got all of it on this like i got this high 
Then I'm going on and I'm playing and I meet this other crew, I meet this other other gamer and started playing with them. And then I got another full crew and we start going out there and then we meet up against a pirate legend crew. Now, these are all pirate legends. They handed our ass to us repeatedly and then they pulled this. So we scuttled the ship and they tracked us down. Now, the thing is, is streamers do this method right now. What they'll do is they will have their boat look plain. And they'll go and attack you a bunch of times. And then right before they think that you're about ready to scuttle your ship, they'll switch their tag to say legend. So you see it, they're legend. Well, try to remember their names. What these streamers do is they do this to build hype. They do that. They're playing. Their ship's all playing. Then they'll go and put the legendary stuff all on. And what they'll do is they'll check to see if your party, if you know, they'll look at your gamer tag. They'll check to see if your crew is, if they're able to join onto your crew to see if it's open. And they'll come on there, and what they'll do is they'll do one of two things. They'll look and see the quests you already have so that they can, because they know they're on the server with you, and they still got a crew that they can join back on that's private. So they'll look at your crew. So they'll go and they'll look at that. They'll talk to you, be nice, and see if you recognize them. If you don't recognize them, they'll join, go back, join up, and they'll hunt you down because they know where you're going to be going. Other things that they do is that they wind up going on and, like, They'll do be a legendary that will hop over, give you a legendary quest. Now, you're going to go do all that work and get all that treasure, and they know about it. So, they hop back over. Now, they th- you think that they did you a, a solid, but in actuality, they're doing double time because they're doing their, their quests. And then they're going to come track you down and try to get their booty from you as well. They're going to meet you at the, the fort closest yeah. to the last place that you have yeah. to go to. Yeah. So this this is a this is the thing. Now get this. This is the thing about Sea of Thieves is everything can be turned on its head at any moment's notice. We're playing this. We're doing this. We're all excited. We get about half of those quests done. Then we get this one group of these these foreigners. I don't know what where they're from. They're trying to they're trying to talk to us. We're trying to explain to them that we can't. We we we're just trying to do a quest line. We don't want to go take on the Megalodon right now. And they're like trying to force it on us. So we get away from them. They 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 take off. Well, then we wound up merging servers. Or actually, before that, before that, well, before we met these guys, we had merged servers. So we thought that we had lost the other people. About an hour goes by, and this legendary ship comes up. And they're like, and it's those guys. It's the guys that sunk us, and it's one of the guys who came on and gave us the quest. And they're talking to us. They're going, "Hey, we're really sorry, but can you help us? We are getting hunted left and right." So what do we do? We jump on and we wind up helping this other this other crew out that sunk us a bunch and now we're teaming up and now we're hunting the hunters and we got in this epic battle that i mean you're like the, you're calling back and forth the trash talking with the phones and just i mean it was it was epic i mean it really was and that's where this game really shows you is that you can choose at the drop of the hat you can choose to betray or to, to forgive and take on something and it's not it, it really is a PvE, PvP experience. You don't know what you're getting. Like, this is really what, to me, this feels like what the Division wanted the Dark Zone to be. Okay. They they wanted, they wanted, the Division wanted the Dark Zone to feel more, I think, like Sea of Thieves does. Because Sea of Thieves does it right. Sometimes you might be frustrated, but you have enough good things happen to you if you put the time in that it just keeps you wanting to come back to it. Like, it's a very charming experience. You definitely have to put the time in. Yeah, if you don't put the time in, yeah. if you don't put the time in, it's you're not going to, you're going to get frustrated. But if you put the time in, the charm comes through. And for a game that I didn't think it was, but for what it is, 
I give it an eight out of ten. They still they still have two play two two points to work on, that that's to make things a little more stable when they come out with them, and to give us more content like this on a regular basis, and so it could very well go up higher. And the reason I give it an eight out of ten is because of the experiences. Once you have these experiences and you put the time in, that's what you'll want to rate it because you can't get these experiences anywhere else. Now, do you think that you gave it an eight out of ten? And I'll call you out just a little bit. You love the game. You're kind of a fanboy. I do. I'm, I'm a fanboy. All right. I am. So eight out of ten. You're that's a fair score for you for across the board from start of launch to now that the the first dlc has dropped is that yes. what you're okay yeah with the first dlc where i see where they're going with it how gotcha. they're going to go yeah. about it it's not it's not i mean it's a game it's a service it's a game as a service type of game where it's it's an open sandbox that they're giving us we jump in we make it what we will uh now if the game wasn't like if it didn't have the ease of access, you know, being able to play it through Game Pass, being able to play it through PC, uh, laptop, you know, you can play it basically on a potato. If it didn't have that option, those options to be able to just be something I can just... I, the other thing is, is it's one of those games we talked about where you can hop on. Yes, I'd say you need to put the time in to be able to really understand what the game is. But if you just want to relax and veg out, you can hop on and just sail around. And it's like a sailing sim and it's really soothing and just fun. And so it gives you something to pass some time by. And the thing is, is you got to keep a watch on the clock because when you play this game, you will lose hours. That's every game, though, for me. You start losing hours. Now, now let me ask you, since you see the direction that's going after this Megalodon drop of the DLC and you enjoyed it so far, you see which uh, trajectory this game is heading to and you say that you might be able to give it a 9 or 10 later. What DLC is coming out next or a down the road that you're really excited for and the direction it's taking us? So the next DLC is going to be Cursed Sales. That's supposed to be coming out, you know, in a, about, a, about a month or so. Okay. And uh, we were going to see the Cursed Sales and then the, uh, the next expansion after that. I'm, I'm dropping it off the top of my head right now. Um, but the, the next expansion, basically, we're going to start seeing... At some point, we get to, we're going to see the enemies that are the mermaids. Uh, at some point, we're going to be given harpoons to fight back, but we're also eventually going to be getting uh, cursed uh, ships. Which so that's what the cursed sails is. Well, we don't know. We we it's what we're assuming. We're assuming it's either going to be the mermaids or it's going to be. We know that uh, a thing is cursed cannonballs. We don't know what cursed cannonballs do, but we know that they are something coming to the game. Maybe it's, we have to shoot at the ghost ships to destroy them. It might, it might be that, or maybe it's something that infects your ship somehow, and it, you know, it's a it's magical with, cannibal. Yeah, so we don't like a lot of us are trying to figure it out. We don't know quite what it is, uh, but I mean, it's something that is going to change the dynamic of the game. And right now, the dynamic of the game is crazy because it was primarily PvP, but you got so many people wanting to team up to fight this megalodon and experience this this game that they put in this like micro game. That when you play it, it's just a crazy funny thing. So with that, like we had this massive team up, right? Okay. And then we all went to the tavern to drink at the tavern. Somebody goes dodge or someone, someone goes, goes gunfight. And then everybody just starts shooting each other. And like people are falling over. 
Deadly Adder comes running out. Like, he's just running out and then, like, says, hi, guys. And boom, he falls over dead. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I take off running. And I'm like, you know what? This other group came back in with their boat, their galleon. And they parked. And they're, they were some of the guys that were shooting people. So I ran in. Swim up to the, or climb up to the very, or I go into their their uh, their captain's quarters and fall asleep behind their their desk. I'm listening for 15 minutes. This goes on where they're coming in and they're talking back and forth, and then like I get up and I run and I climb up to the crow's nest and fall asleep. And now I'm getting to see this stuff as they're going by. They're telling all the stories and talking about how crazy of a night it's been, and it really was. And I'm telling, I'm feeding back through Discord to Deadly, telling them where we're going. I'm like, we're going here. They just picked up one of the guys from one of the other ships when we were fighting because this guy used the megaphone. He goes, hi, I've been marooned. And he had two skulls because he killed another guy and took their skulls. And so he comes swimming over and they decide they're a team of five and they're going to go track down us and take on our ship. Now I'm sitting there just telling them everything, right? Yeah. I'm just like, I'm hearing it and I'm sitting there texting it. These are the weird things that happen. A guy comes rocking up to the crow's nest and standing on me. And so I start talking to him like, hey, top of the morning to you. And he's like, yeah, it is. He goes, how are you? I'm like, doing really well. He's just like, he goes, where are you? I'm like, I'm down here. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't see any other ships besides the one that's coming behind us. I, I know. I know them. They're like, do you? I'm like, I do. We fought with them earlier. He's like, oh, okay. He goes back down, crawls right back down. His face is looking right at me. He just crawls right back down. I'm like, so then like, I'm talking this entire time to him. And they're like, just carrying on a conversation with me, not paying attention problem is that they already have a guy that's on the ship that has a white name tag so if i go down there and run around at, while they're busy they're not going to pay attention they're not going to shoot me because they're going to think that i'm that guy it's like i'm sitting up there carrying on conversation i start getting bored so i start making farting sounds and like burping sounds and they still nobody gets anything no one's looking around so they pull in they they, they pull in deadly's fighting after him you know they got our ship they're fighting I run down because they had gotten another skull and another treasure chest. I took the most expensive skull and run and jump off the water, swim underneath the water, go and turn it in. <laughs> They're like counting. They're like, wait, didn't we have three skulls? Like, where's our disgrace skull? That was the one that was the most expensive. Where's it at? Oh, well, let's go turn stuff in. I'm in the, the hut and I lay down. And so I'm talking to them. I'm like, good morning. And they're just like, wait, are we two on the ship? I was. Thank you for the treasure. They're like, wait, I see the mermaid. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm looking right at you. They're like, what are you doing? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm looking at you. Peekaboo. And they're like, what? Where are you? I pop up. I shoot the guy with the shotgun. Boom, he falls over dead. I lay back down. They still can't find me, even though he saw me standing there and shooting him. <laughs> I'm laying down right behind this little curtain. So then I go, hey, let me show you something. I hopped up. I go, guys, I got screenshots. Go look at my Facebook. Or go look at my, my, uh, my gamer tag. Look at my screenshots. I have pictures of you guys swimming in with the with the treasure. I have pictures and video of you guys talking. I go, I've been with you the entire time. I go, let me show you how to hide. And so I went around and showed them how to hide. And that was the end of my night. Like <laughs> it was craziness. And that is the type of stuff. You could be totally like fighting each other and then have something that turns out to be like this amazing experience. And it's a story that you can tell. You can talk about, and it's humorous, and it's all this stuff, and it's perfect because it's what Rare does. I mean, if you think of Donkey Kong Country, you know, I remember when that game came out. That was like a big deal because of the rendering of the graphics and everything. Rare just put in all this stuff. They worked hand-in-hand -hand with the Treehouse and all that stuff at Nintendo, and they created this world. And even though it was a 3D, you know, it was a 3D side-scroller, and 
you were able to experience it. You know, you would do the timing to like, you know, you'd always race your buddies. Oh, I can get through the barrels this fast, you know, all that stuff. You know, it was fun, but it created stories for you to talk about because, oh, I got through it at this speed. What did you get? Oh, man, I did that. But so and so punched me in the shoulder and I missed it. You know, those were little things. Sea of Thieves allows you to have these grandiose experiences. And I'm excited because I feel we're at the tip of the iceberg right now. We are at the tip of the iceberg for what gaming can do on a community level. It's a very community-driven game at this point. And you saying that you're finding more players and you're joining up with them. That wasn't my experience when the game first launched. So I'm glad that it's changed a lot where people are trying to work together more than just troll each other throughout the night. Because that can be frustrating. It can be. And you still run into that from time to time. But typically when you do, you find other people that are like, hey, let's team up together and let's end this. And then all of a sudden now you got this fleet. And yeah, the thing is, is that you can get someone that decides, okay, I've been teaming up with this guy. I like him. He's cool. We add each other as friends. But, you know, I'm a pirate and he's got more treasure than me. So I'm going to just take their treasure at the end of this. And hopefully he likes me and we're still going to play a game together. <laughs> pirates, are gonna, pirates are going to gonna be pirates. pirates. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, so, I mean, this game has a lot more to come. We're going to see in about a week. We are going to see at E3. We're going to get to see a lot more for the content that's coming for it. And uh, I think they're going to have a surprise at E3 because it's going to be coming up on their next. I think they're going to launch something for us that's going to surprise us. Uh, they, they typically, Xbox has something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they announce something like, hey, this is going to be it. And then they can say, hey, and guess what, guys? It's out now kind of thing. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Now, you are going to talk about Superman 1000. Yeah, I just want to briefly bring this up. I meant to bring this up a couple weeks ago when the comic book dropped. But, I mean, it's a thousand issues of action comics. And it's a beautiful comic. I bought it myself when it first came out. I've read through it. It's featuring all new art and stories by uh, just a long list of great writers and illustrators. Brian Michael Bienis is one of them. Jim Lee, Tom King. So it's Action Comics 1000. You can get it for $7.99. It's a beautiful, beautiful, large book of several different covers and little mini stories. I really enjoyed going through this. It's a real fun book to read. It's a quick read. So anybody out there that is you know, big fan of Superman or Action Comics, pick that up, man. Right now it's only $7.99. And it's thick. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was a great book, man. <laughs> Superman Ooh. is thick and beautiful. <laughs> yes, he is. So going on from that, you know, there's some. It, it's kind of hard to compete with Superman. So what can complete com, complete? What can compete with Superman? Nothing. Uh, what What about a Tremors multiverse? Yeah, I heard you talking about this. Yeah, so I I've been on this Tremors uh like kick. Interesting enough, when Tremors originally came out, uh, my I couldn't get my dad to go see it. He wasn't really interested in it. So when it came on TV, my grandpa was watching it. He's like, hey, you need to sit down and watch this with me. So I, I watched it with him, and he was recording it off the TV, and then eventually we bought it on DVD, all that stuff later on. But So it introduces you to characters like Val, who's played by Kevin Bacon, who was like put set up as like the main character. But the thing is, is when they created the sequel, this came out, sequel came out years later, when they created the sequel... He didn't come back on for it, so it did. It had a direct, it had a limited release on on film, but mostly was a DVD release. But it was actually it had a decent budget, and so I really liked the second one. And then what came from that though was that 
one character that kind of took over as the main character, basically, just because of his over-the-topness, was played by Michael Gross. And I'm talking about Burt Gummer. This is like the gunner guy. He's like all about guns, all this stuff. He create basically became the series as Tremors. Now, fast forward. Kevin Bacon's not getting much work. Um, he When he does get something, he does something well, and then for whatever reason he gets canceled. Like the following... You know, his his wife is getting on work all the time. So it's like who's he's he, got a... Who's he married to? Kevin Bacon. He's married to Kira Sedgwick. And, you know, she's constantly busy. Well, he... Back when Tremors came out, he wanted to step aside from it. He cut himself away from it. He said that I was embarrassed by doing this, this film. Everything else. Like, he totally talked shit about it. Now, Amazon had him, you know, in, in this... The, the, the failed TV series Everybody Loves Dick yeah and and he they did it, that didn't stick well they still said hey we would like to create a Tremors TV series so all of a sudden he's like yeah I, I love Tremors because Tremors became this cult classic so now he's not like afraid to be connected to it this kind of pisses me off about the guy I didn't know like, he was going to say something bad about how would he not like the first Okay. He he yeah he didn't like it and so that doesn't make any sense to me because that was a fantastic movie. Yeah, it it really bothers me. So part of it like it, it bothers me because it, like I like him as an actor and then that just kind of pissed me off. However, I will watch this this series. The series again takes on the place that the Tremors have evolved because they look a lot different now. Yeah. Okay. And they look they look they look pretty cool in the series. But what the thing is is that they have this the series and the. And, and the ongoing film franchise hate each other. Oh, really? They, yeah, because <laughs> what happened was is he's like, I don't want to be connected to the film series. But hey, uh, you know, he, he, he's like, hey, you know, if you want to come over, uh, he's like, he, he said, Michael Gross, if you want to be in the series, you can come be in the series. But we're not going to count any of the any of we're not going to count your count your TV series or the sequels that happened after the fact. Huh. And and he's like, so Michael Gross goes, oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. And what happens is, is before the show even comes out, they film alongside with his buddy Jamie Kennedy. They film and put out Tremors 6, A Cold Day in Hell. <laughs> and the reason why it's a cold day in hell is it's a cold day in hell when he will join up with Kevin Bacon on a, on a Tremors TV series. Since creating the Tremors multiverse now, where Bert, if you follow the fa- franchise, if you follow the franchise of films and the original series, Michael Gross's Bert Gummer is the protagonist, and actually is kind of in this latest film is working on kind of passing that that passing the 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 torch to Jamie Kennedy actually, but they it, it's it's really. I really still enjoyed the film series. The film series is just B-rated, awesome humor. Like it's just funny. Yeah, it's just a good. It's just a good watch. It's it's entertaining. They have a decent budget. I love the idea that names that Burt Gummer comes up with to give you know ass blasters and all this stuff that he comes up with the different variations of Tremors. Now, what's funny about it is is in the series when they show the preview for the series, they say Kevin Bacon saying. They talk about Bert, and he's like, yeah, uh, we don't talk about him. He's not really willing to. He, he kind of took off, and he did his own thing. So, like, 
they kind of just, they talk shit about it in the series. In the preview of the series, they talk shit about it. <laughs> so what do they do in A Cold Day in Hell? They introduce us to Laura and Val. Val and Laura were the ones who were in the series. And in the films, they talk about Laura and Val left and ha- were living happily ever after. And that's why they weren't in the movies. Now, <laughs> Burt Gummer meets Val and Laura's daughter. So they meet the, they meet the next of kin. You know, they meet yeah. Val's yeah. daughter. And so Val's daughter, go, they go, well, how is Val doing? Is what Bert, or Bert says to her. And she goes, I don't know. Val's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just this little, little thing where it's, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're like, they're poking fun of each other. But for a fan of both, it allows you to get the, it, it's actually kind of fun right now. It's, it's, it's fun because they are aware of each other's existence in different, different like universes, but they just are going to, gonna rip on each other and they don't coexist <laughs> and they don't coexist exactly they do not coexist that's funny that they did that but i like it yeah, yeah so that is the trevor's multiverse uh i mean definitely if you're on netflix you can check out a bunch of the different tremors hbo because of the series coming out hbo put out a bunch of tremors nice. movies on there cool. on on theirs right now you go back and watch them they're just a good time like if you just want to like relax and not have to think you know about a bunch of stuff and just kind of laugh it's a it's a good time. There's 46 movies out there of all Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like seven seven movies and then uh, the original TV series that was on Sci-Fi. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I remember that TV series. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I watched a little bit of it. I'm not sure. I do remember some of the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> now going into game chat, guys. Nintendo Switch is really, really knocking it out of the park right now. And I mean, I know, I know I don't, I'm the, I'm the last, I'm the last gunman, you know, the lone gunman right now. I don't have a switch yet. I am, I know that it's coming. I know that I will probably have one here in a matter of probably a couple weeks. You're um, foaming at the mouth. Yeah. I, 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 I've just, I'm pretty sure that that's probably something I'll wind up with for father's day. Um, but, um, good it's, for you. It's something yeah, it's something I really want. I want I want to be able to play games with with a bunch of, the, but there's a big reason why I want to play the, these games. Like so much so that Nintendo actually got me to download Pokemon Go again. Yeah, I'm thinking about downloading it again. And when it first came out, Damien, I was on the hype train heavy. I mean, to the point that me and my kids are walking around uh, the local Mount Tabor around my house because you could find Pikachu up there and it was, we were looking on the Pokemon maps and finding out where we can go around town. I was playing that when I was driving, I would give the phone, Same to my, here. I'd Same give here. the phone to my kid and he would catch Pokemons and Poke stops every time we stopped. And, you know, I, I was really into it. Now I had to get off the game because I, I, at some point I get wore down from these handheld games. I don't play a lot of them anymore, but now with this new, information coming out with the pokemon games that are linked to the switch and linked to your phone this is a whole nother world man it is because i mean your pokemon if you've been leveling up pokemon in the in the phone app those pokemon now will transfer over to the next pokemon game and the next pokemon game they're like really wanting to hit you in the nostalgia feels like you know they're giving you a game that's going to be very pretty and they're giving it to you on the switch but that's not the only thing they're giving you with this. They're giving you couch co-op, a couch co-op experience. Like, and what I thought was crazy about this is the lead main advertise for this is late twenties to like 
mid thirties is what they were av- like. The advertising was kind of in the trailer for this. They're really targeting that group with, Oh, and Oh, and you can bring your kids along with for the ride. Well, the late, the late twenties, early thirties, which is my That's... younger brother, 28. I used to have to take him to Pokemon card tournament so he could play. I used to have yeah. to sit at Lloyd center with them, our local mall and watch him play Pokemon as the older brother. And I, yeah, I played with him with him too, but it was a little. I was a little bit outside of that just by you know eight years. But for him, that's the age group right now. He loves yeah. the Pokemon games. He's still he's still all about it. I still I still am too. I mean, I get him enough to be able to play a little bit and keep in touch with what my kids are playing. Sure, yeah. I used to be really big into it. My brother's a lot more into it than yeah, I am. Yeah, Jacob's but, way into it. Yeah. But this is something that I mean. I mean, shoot, I got one of the original Pokemon Pikachu's right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Pika. He's yeah, yes. He's he's one of the best anime characters of all time now. I mean, he really is. Yeah, he's been around for ages. Yeah, it's like thirty years now. It feels like. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Now Pikachu. So we're talking about the two new Pokemon games. Is is Pikachu? Is go Pikachu and let's and go, go Eevee. Let's go Eevee. Yes. Now this is going to take us back to the Kanto region. The original region that we explored. The original 151 Pokemon as well. Yeah. I mean, it's we're going to see them all in a different universe, or basically in a different telling of the original story. We're coming back to it. We get to see it in a much more vibrant experience. Yeah. And I think it's going back to the roots is because the person that's uh, uh, taking over it, uh, Jun- ah, man, I wish I could pronounce this guy's name, Junichi Masuda. Is the best I can do, but he he loves the original nostalgia of the original 151 and the original Kanto, or you're saying where they came from. Uh, if I pronounced that wrong, too, probably did. But I like the fact that we're going back to the roots here of the original Pokemon. That's what I grew up with, though. You know, that's what I know, I know better than the, the new stuff. I still remember like getting knocked over by kids when I came in and I got my Mewtwo card, Mewtwo card for going to see the movie in theaters. And, like, there's not a dry eye in that theater when the clone Pokemon take on each other and they're fighting. And then Ash gets turned to stone. Like, like, and they're singing the song, Brother, My Brother. <laughs> like, everybody cried. Yeah. Everybody cried. We were a bunch of whimpering babies. If you can give me that somehow, come on, like, just somehow capture that, Nintendo. Give that back to me in this game. Like, I mean, you already got me excited about a game, a system I don't even have. But, like, I want this. Now, they were saying that there's going to be some type of MMO aspect to the next Pokemon game. I don't see that in this. But the thing is, is that we don't know. We haven't seen an online aspect. And they said that there is an online aspect to it. So, so far, this is what we have, which is both these games are slated to release this year. And the new Pokemon RPGs, which are not the core Pokemon RPG announced last year, they can connect Pokemon Go via Bluetooth, like you talked about, from your phone to your Nintendo Switch. And it also says something about mechanics used in EPC trainers, so I'm not sure. But the Let's Go Pokemon are, uh, what do they say, uh, Pokemon, the, so the Pokemon RPG that was announced before is not what these two games. Oh, okay. So the so Pokemon RPG the- game is supposed to come out in 2019. Okay, so, so the, that's the MMO. That's, that's like the MMO style. Correct. Oh, okay. So these two are coming out. They're supposed to be the end of this summer at some point. They really haven't. October. Get... It's supposed to be October. October. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So I'm a. I'm really excited for this, man. I'm. I'm I am. Yeah. 
Did you see that? This is what's the other cool thing is because it's it's a simple control scheme. Yes. You can take off a Joy-Con and you can play with one single Joy-Con and you can have your buddy, your kid, whatever, jump in and they're playing as their character. Their Pokemon are coming alongside with you and then you're doing dual attacks and things like that. Yeah, they're they're tethered to you, so they have to run along with you. Correct, and everything. yeah. But they can experience the game with you. So this is for someone like, you know, if you have you have a toddler or something like that, or you have someone really little that wants to play, wants to experience, you know, maybe they're not that, maybe their Pokemon aren't that good, but you have over-level Pokemon, you can kind of maybe go with them and help them out so that they can yep. have an experience and they can feel that they won. And this is a way for a parent to be able to play alongside their child and kind of introduce them to something that's got a really, you know, light heart to it. Yeah, and it's something that's nostalgia for somebody maybe that has a kid right now at 30. Maybe they're 30 to 35 years old and their kid's 5 or 6 years old. I mean, perfect timing right now. Plus, on the, the controller side of things, the Pokeball Plus controller is launching looked, at the that... same time for Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. But will be sold separately, it says. It works like the Joy-Con. It's a ball, and it has a joystick in the middle of it. But you can actually, you don't throw the ball out of your hand, but you use the movement with the ball in your hand, and actually it, it throws the Pokeball in the game for you so you can catch the Pokemon. And that same Pokeball is charged up. You can shake it. You can hear the Pokemon inside it, and it connects up to your app with Pokemon Go, and you can use that in conjunction with your phone. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. See, th- see, Nintendo, since the Switches came out, it was a slow roll. You know, we've, mm-hmm. you got Zelda, yeah. then you got Mario Odyssey, and then you get the Zelda updates, and we have uh, uh, a new Zelda update coming out. Then you hear about Mario Tennis, and now they're dropping the two new Pokemon games, plus one more 2019. The slow roll is working really well for Nintendo Switch, man. It really is, and I mean, they are announcing the more, they're putting out new content. They're putting out five, I think, five new weapons right now for uh, for uh, Splatoon. Oh, really? So, okay, I mean, cool. Yeah, so it's I like haven't Splatoon played that one too. I haven't played it. I, I know that when I get it, that's like my game I want to try out because it is one of the major uh, esports for Nintendo. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. And yeah. so I'm really interested in it. There's uh, N64 Josh, he puts out videos on, he streams it a lot, and he also puts out how-to videos basically on on how to play Splatoon 2 and like, you know, tips and tricks. He's really been jumping into covering the Nintendo stuff, and I've really been enjoying his content. The other thing that we have to look forward to that should be showing up at E3 is we're going to see more of Metro uh, Met, uh, Metroid Prime. Yeah, I'm one. looking so, oh, it looks so beautiful. And I guess this one's got multiplayer as well with it, so it's going to be that would be I mean, insane if we could do if you could just pop out both joy, both joysticks. I could play with my kid or something like that. If they made that work somehow, ah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that uh, that's some just like I'm really I just I'm like okay, this is it. This is cool. <laughs> I'm I'm you know I'm excited. I, and it's nice because I can go back. The thing about Nintendo is is that their games. Some games, like on other consoles, you feel like if you come in late and you go back to a game, you feel like you've been left behind. Nintendo yeah. does not make you feel left behind. When you go back to a game, when you're trying, you're you're new to the console and you go back and you get one of their games that was like their major launch game and you get it, Yeah, you still feel, you could talk to someone that's still playing that game like it was yesterday. Especially like, if you're playing Zelda because all the new updates that are coming out for it. Uh, and I'll talk about the newest one next week when I get some more information on the Zelda, uh, Zelda front and I start playing it, actually. 
But yeah, that game is not that game is so in depth that yeah, you're gonna find people still playing it. Plus Mario Odyssey. Uh, that's yeah. that game. I think my son's beat it twice now or three times, and he keeps showing me new things on there. Did he get the new outfit? They just put out the race car outfit. I don't know if he's got that yet. He, yeah. ha- I don't think we've really played too much of uh, Mario Odyssey this week, uh, personally. Now, do you want to talk about a new rumor that we might see at E3? Yeah, I would like to, because, I mean, uh, you can't stop. I mean, you got Blue Hole slash PUBG Corp that would like to stop. Uh, the the Fortnite engine, you know, Fortnite, what's going on? The Fortnite because, shopping cart? Yeah, so the Fortnite just put up the shopping cart. <laughs> this thing is interesting. You you brought up, uh, you know, you brought up on our Facebook page, you brought up uh, an interesting question. You're like, but why? And the thing is, is it's Fortnite. They don't have to have a why. They don't. It's, there's they don't. no reason. It's like, it's like, hey, we're giving you a shopping cart. Make a ramp jump off of it they're making what they're doing is they're literally just giving you an item saying hey here's something to play with let's see your montages yeah and they're playing with it in the battle royale and i watch videos on it it was just guys pushing their duo partner or their squad partner whatever you want to call it down a hill or something and they're just like circling around and shooting the gun i was watching it and i was like why 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 There is no why. They don't they don't have yeah. to have an answer. It's Fortnite. And that's yeah. kind of the that's the crazy thing about it is is that this game that I backed, you know, that a lot of people backed, but so, you know, and it was laggy as hell to play, but I was addicted to the idea of just cuz co-op horde based build base building sim basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy guns I could build. And then they put a battle royale mode in and the battle royale mode just takes off and it's become this like when I'm driving home from work and I'm seeing kids that are doing dances that may have been old school dances that you would have saw back in the day, but they're doing them not because of that. They're doing them because Fortnite has made them popular. You're 100% correct to the point where my kid's baseball coach said that anybody that's dancing out in the field during the game, doing the, the Fortnite dances, they're going to run next practice. He had to make it a rule because every kid was out there just dancing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you just you can't help it. And it's just... It's a phenomenon right now. It is, and, and, and you can't stop the train, man. You you can't like, and the thing is, is that Epic needed this. Epic really needed this. You know, Epic was, Epic is the company that has given us so many games because of their engine alone. Yep. Uh, the Unreal Engine, but also you know they gave us some of the first esports, like they gave us Quake. Ah, I mean, I forgot about Quake. Love yeah, that they gave they gave us all these experiences. They gave you know, Epic is the first initial original creator with cliffy b when he was attached to you know making us our gears of war games our first three gears yeah it's like fantastic games you can't doubt what they do and but it's taken them a while to kind of come back to that mainstream and Fortnite originally wasn't targeted to be that and this is the problem this is where you got blue hole saying you know blue hole uh pubg core saying hey you know, we used your engine, so you had access to the code, the stuff that we were doing, and then all of a sudden, your game that was a save the world game became a battle royale game. Yeah, there's a little lawsuit going on right now, but I believe that's over in Korea. It is, yeah. uh, or Thailand, I think. Mm, okay, or something. Where, wherever, wherever it's the article I read on it said that it was basically kind of a silly lawsuit, so I didn't look is, too much it into it. Yeah. It's 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 a silly lawsuit, and they shouldn't be doing it. They're not. It's not going to go anywhere. And even if it does, 
Even if it does, even if say they win, Epic's gonna be like, okay, here's your money. Now we're still gonna keep doing what we do. Even if you give Blue Hole the money, they're still not gonna fix the Xbox <laughs> patches on the PUBG. They're they're just gonna put the all, all all Fortnite's gonna do is they're just gonna be like, hey, uh, well they're gonna make a skin and say it's gonna be a skin <laughs> and it's gonna look like one of the character with the full armor. The full don't, yeah, it'll be the yeah, it'll be the white shirt with the black tie with the level with three the black helmet. tie with the level three helmet. Yeah. They're gonna come out with the character. It looks just like that. And they're going to say, purchase this character so we can pay PUBG Corp. And it will be sold in a day, dude. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, hey, here's your money. And yeah. guess what? We just made $5 million on top of that. There you go. So what we're getting to, and on the Nintendo Switch point, is that Fortnite, the massive popular Battle Royale shooter, is reportedly coming to Nintendo Switch console soon. A leaked list of E3 Nintendo games, so that's why we're saying it might be appearing on E3, on 4chan uh, a couple days ago alongside a Korean game rating for Fortnite on Switch. Now, when you look at this leaked photo, it has Mario Tennis in there, it has Overcooked 2, Killer Queen Black, and on the top, right in the middle, Fortnite, which is which is crazy cool. I, I just heard Overcooked 2. Like, yes. In this household, I love Overcooked. Oh, do I you? Have, okay. Yeah, I love Overcooked. That ah. game is stressful, though. Like, when you're trying to play with your kids and everything, and, like, it starts off, all everybody's smiling and laughing, and then in the end, it's like being a line chef and you're yelling at the rest of your crew like, no, get this right. What are you doing? He said mustard. You start sounding like the soup. Well, Nazi. how about this? There are also Starlink. Battle for Atlantis is on there. Anything for you? FIFA 19. So this looks legit. And if Fortnite is introduced at E3 to come onto the Switch, that is humongous for Nintendo. Nintendo, again, the slow roll, getting the, the most popular game on there. I mean... Nintendo I mean, again, knocking out of the park there. You get Fortnite on there. The Switch is already something you'll see. You'll see when at PAX this year when you go. Is that in the lines, a lot of people got their Switch up and they're playing. Or when they take their break, they have these areas where they have like just loud, like beanbags out. Yeah. People will all go crash on the beanbag and they'll be playing. They'll be playing on, on their Switch. You get Fortnite here, and then they use their Wi-Fi. They have a Wi-Fi spot. You're just going to have people sitting in line playing Fortnite. On their Switch, yeah. While waiting to, I mean, while waiting to play, you know, test other games and stuff like that, it's just insane. What and if it was it, a Bluetooth connection too between two Switches so you could play duos or squads or something like that? I don't know. I don't know how that would work on an online, you know, for Switch. Now, another thing that Switch has just announced is that they have a Zelda, which is this is something that kind of, kind of, I find interesting. There is a Astro A10 specifically for the switch coming out with the microphone built in that is set up for but it's a zelda one and i'm like why would you need a headset to talk you know to talk to people in zelda i think it's just a zelda themed headset but the problem is that it's still gonna go through i guess there's a phone app that you use to talk to people with the switch which I find interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't use it. I usually just play a single player games on there. So yeah, and so there's a phone app to talk to other people, and then this headset somehow will connect to that phone app and allow you to talk to other people via that. You know, that get, makes it to where there's a lot of stuff. I have to have my phone plugged in next to me and so like that. Which my phone is usually next to me, like it is now. So I guess that's not a big deal. I can make sure it's plugged in so I can, I can talk to people, but. That I found interesting. The The headset looks interesting. I mean, I, I know that the Astro 10s are comfortable. 
I tested them out at, at PAX last year. Uh, I'm definitely going to be interested in seeing this at PAX this year, seeing you know, seeing what they have in plan. And I'm hoping that E3, you know, Nintendo comes out and says, "Hey, guess what? We are actually going to have our own with our internet service. We are going to put out our own chat client." I, I just think that they need to do it. Okay. Not be not be pairing it up with a phone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't dived into any of that stuff with my Switch. Basically, you know, just single player games or two player on the couch. You know, co op couch game. With uh, my son with a little bit of Mario Kart, which, God, my 10-year-old dominates me in a Mario Kart on the Switch. I, I still, at my local Walmart, whenever I pick up a controller, I still beat everybody that I've played against. He beats me in the, uh, in the, when you, with the Battle Royale type of Mario Kart that you get. Because I like the old school one where you didn't have to collect, you just knock off the three balloons, and he likes playing this other one where you have to chase them down with the... With coins. They have the coins, and then you get... Yeah, where you have to chase them down with the big flower and you have to eat them. Ugh, I don't really care for that mode. Just give me the old school three balloons. Let me pop them all. Now, <laughs> one other thing in game chat I wanted to talk about, Damien, is that, and I was complaining earlier about the Xbox One patch for uh, PUBG, is that June 5th, they are saying that the patch for Xbox, a new patch, is supposed to come out. Now, there's a lot of patch info here. I could bore the hell out of all of us by going through it. I've read it all, stability, crashing, and dash uh, dashboarding. Uh, they talked about rubber banding, trying to fix that. The rendering issue in Miramar, the Play-Doh issue in Miramar. They also mentioned the, the fact that uh, uh, the driving where you hit something s- small and your vehicle just explodes on you there they say even he says and this thing is instances of these are very frustrating situations and we're trying to exp- we're trying to improve these yes please approve these things because it is extremely frustrating playing a game that i really love playing i'm having a lot of fun playing with a bunch of people that i've met i'm playing with people from uk toronto uh illinois new york and we're having a good time playing with each other but it's just it's so frustrating to play a game that you love that just does not work quite well. So we'll see what happens after the June 5th patch because the last patch that came out, everybody's saying, roll it back, roll it back, roll it back. Well, Blue Hole PUBG said, well, okay, we're going we're gonna to expand on that patch and hopefully this fixes that patch. So good luck, everybody out there. Hopefully this works for us. One last thing that I wanted to get in there about on Game Chat is that Walmart supposedly leaked something. And it was a possible release date uh, reserve for perfect for a new Perfect Dark game for Switch for Xbox. Oh, because Rare that's Rare. You know, they they Xbox has been meaning to to redo a yeah Perfect Dark. We do know that Rare has had a team working on something else. We don't other than that. So, I mean, I don't know if this would be something that either Xbox has another team working on Perfect Dark. Maybe Rare is doing I would love it for it to be Rare because, come on now, I would, oh my God, if, if they were putting on, if they created a game, not 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 like Perfect Dark Zero. Perfect Dark Zero was all right. No, it was terrible. I don't know what you're saying all right for. <laughs> it was... When they when you finally relaunch Perfect Dark and the nostalgia and the memories is sitting there playing four persons, your brothers and sisters. I know you had that me, my buddies and my brother, and they come perfect perfect dark zero comes out. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, why don't you just use your rare connects? Because we know you have some, and just figure out if they're making one or not. 
Because they're not going to tell me like that. That's not how it's going to work. Like, there's enough of us that want to know. We're not going to be, no, we're like, we're not, you know, they're not, you're not going to be like, hey, yeah, no, because they'll like, or if we do, if we did know, they're going to put us under NDA. Like, I mean, there's other games that are coming out that I've played that I know are coming out that are. Can't say anything. I I can't. I'm under NDA. I'm like, I signed. I appreciate that. I I appreciate that. It's all right. Yeah, I don't want to get sued, but you know, I I know that they're coming out. I see all these things being mentioned about. It. I'm like, that's coming out. That's coming out. Yeah. Uh, some things, some things. Before I signed an NDA, I worked with an individual. He put out an article, and even cursed, kind of got pissed off at me uh, about the article because they didn't all show up at E3. And I told him, I told this individual, hey, these aren't necessarily going to be this year. That's why I don't want to really talk about them, but I do know that they are coming. And that article blew up on the internet. <laughs> well, that this this is a different one. Oh, you're not this, talking this about that one. No, I'm not okay. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about a different one. I'm talking gotcha. about a different article, but so much so that he almost lost his writing job with this with a with a co- company for it. Which now all of a sudden, all the things that he we that he talked about in there that he got the information from me, IGN's put out information on. And all of a sudden, like everything, like if he wanted to, he'd go back. Yeah, I already talked about this. Look at this. Last year, I was the first to report on it. You guys all said I was a liar. Da, 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 da. He could go back and do this, but he's not going to. He's and a better man. Like, he's a better man than me. I'm I'm pointing at it. <laughs> I keep pointing at because like I because you know the funny thing is is like I'm the one that gave him the info before I signed NDAs. All I know is that I'm telling you there's going to be a big shakeup at this E3 uh, across a lot of things. Uh, what the other last thing I wanted to talk about in game chat was that Bethesda, you know. There's been rumors, there's been lots of rumors about a upcoming new game from them that was possibly an MMO, like a basically a post-apocalyptic version of of ESO. You know, ESO is about ready to release uh, the Somerset Isles. In fact, I actually won a copy on PC from the wonderful uh, streamer on Twitch, Bast underscore 50. I've been a subscriber for him almost two years now. And I, I won in a raffle. I won a copy for on PC. I myself play on Xbox, and so I will probably be giving this copy away Beautiful. through our face through our Facebook channel. Awesome! Yeah, we should do that. And but in order for me to give it away, you're going to need to follow our, my Facebook channel. When when I get this all set up, you're going to follow my or follow Geekologist, Silver Soul Gaming. And Bass underscore fifties chat uh, Facebook page in order to get extra entries into the into absolutely it. So, yeah. So we'll get it figured out. Um, but with that, what I was trying to talk about is Fallout seventy two. 76. 76, 76, That's right. And a lot of people thought it was going to be Fallout Las uh, Vegas two, yeah. or they thought it was going to be Fallout three remastered. Um, and actually one streamer had to drink a whole bottle of hot sauce because he said he guarantees everybody that it was going to be fallout three remastered. And it was really funny to watch him drink the whole bottle of hot sauce in a cup because he was completely wrong. Now I'm really excited. I'm a big fallout fan. I know you are silver is, uh, to the point where silver's house is really directed, uh, decorated with fallout gear, but fall- it is to as much as she, she actually cosplays as that's true. Yeah. So Fallout 76 is about Vault 76, and there's a backstory about Vault 76. So I'm really looking forward to diving into the backstory of Vault 76, the, the story behind what, what created this game. Uh, I'm excited, man. What we do know about Fallout Vault 76 
what we do know out about this particular game is that it is it do, is not a single player game only. Correct. It is a multiplayer game. To what a lot of people are on the inside kind of on the inside track are stating is that this game is a game that is based more similarly on the factor of being like a fallout version of borderlands which if that's the case wow that's gonna be awesome if they want to mix those two together please take my money now and that's that's essentially basically what they're saying they're going for that they're kind of targeting is that kind of feel but you can build you're gonna be able to build bases you're gonna be able to build all that stuff but you're going to be able to build it together. So that's like fall off. They're ba- building it off of Fallout 4. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I said take my money, but I should have said take all my nuke cola caps. Yes. I actually have a lunch pail around here somewhere. I have the bobblehead in my office in my, or in my room. So. <laughs> nice. So I'm excited about I'm excited about that. So am I. Now, now we're going to jump out. Of, we're getting long in the tooth here. Lots of stuff to talk about, man, leading up to E3. Trying to keep out of those E3 rumors until we get to E3 so we can really talk about it. But you can't you can't help but get tied up in some of this cool shit. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But trailer talk, you know, we got, we got some stuff to talk about in trailer talk. One of the big things is, and it's kind of been understated. Like a lot of people haven't really been looking at it so much. But it's the uh, Captain Marvel teaser trailer launch yeah that was cool yeah and what we find out one it's hard to look at even though we know that if we've been following the movies we know that nick fury has both eyes it's just one eye's all bloody and scarred but seeing him have two normal eyes is kind of interesting so we know in 1990 he had two eyes <laughs> well he has two eyes now just once yeah just one's all mangled <laughs> but uh uh we get to see Brie Larson as a fighter pilot and everything, and we know we now know that it is going to be covering the uh, it's it's covering the Cree uh, what was the Cree wars Cree yeah. wars yeah, which is really cool because this is gonna it makes sense because you know in Avengers the very first Avengers they fight the Cree, and not only that but we noticed that the screenshot we talked about what four months ago that she was wearing the Miss Marvel and she had the Cree colors on. Yeah. So we knew that was something going on possibly with the Cree and they had to go that way because they're going to have to show her origin story at some point. I mean, most people are not going to know Miss Marvel. So the, the trailer just had, got me pumped. Fouts like woke me up, said, Hey, have you seen this? And I'm like, well, what? He goes, I sent you something in discord. I looked, I'm like, man, you sent it to me a minute ago. <laughs> well, he really wanted you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. So I watched it. He goes, now call me back and let me know. How you t-. I called him back. I'm like, man, that is awesome. I watched it three times before I called him back. I'm like, this, uh, that's really cool. Now, I've only I, watched it once because I didn't know about it. You showed it to me before the show. Is this released by Marvel? Is this released by Disney? I believe so. Okay. I, so I, I'm not sure. It came from Fouts, so you never know. <laughs> you don't know where Fouts is getting his, uh, his uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, now another thing that's not a trailer but it's the first poster for how to train your dragon three and this is a series of films and and the series and everything i even watched like the netflix series with my kids and whatnot and i watched it on cartoon network and uh it's i love what i liked about the tv series the tv series acts as a fill-in Oh, in between, between the, the movies. movies. Yes. And I was telling you before, I think I've seen the first one, but I didn't really see the second one. I have watched that Netflix series a lot with my youngest one. 
And I yeah. do enjoy that Netflix series. It's really good. Yeah. So DreamWorks has officially unveiled the first posters for its highly anticipated How to Train Your Dragon sequel, The Hidden World, starring everyone's favorite lovable dragon, Toothless. Now, this is coming from uh, from coming from CB Comic Book. Uh, it's from comicbook.com. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an article on it where they have the synopsis for it. And yes, Toothless is a freaking lovable dragon. I've loved him since the first film. Uh, it's something that an adult or anybody can see and just they can get it hits you in the feels, the interaction between the characters. But they're doing something a little interesting here. Now, yes, you this is kind of normal. You see something where you throw a female in the mix between two best friends or anything like that. It tests the bounds and things like that. This is interesting because it's between a boy and a dragon. Uh, but that even still... Basically, it it goes in and the article talks about the new poster fits the film's title as Toothless comes face-to-face with a female Night Fury. Now, we all of us think Night Fury means they have to be dark. But what's interesting is is that it's actually the opposite. And in the poster, they're surrounded by a green jungle environment. It looks really, really cool. But the difference between the female Night Fury and the and and toothless is that the female night fairy has bright blue eyes she's like this pearlescent white with like star patches of twinkling color to her we know that we know that hiccup is the chieftain now of of his village that hiccup is running is is the chieftain of his of his village alongside uh astrid who is helping him run his run his camp those two are together still like I'm excited about this. Like uh, I actually got the game on the Xbox 360, and I remember playing How to Train a Dragon. And it was a fighting game. They had the like a few things you could do in the in like in the world where you could do some tricks and stuff like that. But your main thing was you're creating your own dragon, and you're capturing, them and you're you're making them fight each other like a Street Fighter game. Could you and upgrade your dragon? You could upgrade your dragon. I'd be and cool. So I'm cool. I like was. that. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was an upgrade thing, but you fought each other, and like you could go online, but the whole online was you going online and fighting as if you're playing Street Fighter, but you're controlling dragons. Nice, that'd be cool. And it was it was an interesting little game that I didn't think that typically I would like, but because of the content, what it came from, I actually really enjoyed. Now, into rumors, which we got some kind of whopping ones here and there's one that you you informed me of and then I looked up and like it's really been sitting with me and bothering me but before that there's one that coming up that I'm actually kind of cool with you know I'm totally fine with and it's uh we're talking about walking dead rumors and season 9 that Rick may be leaving yeah so this is this is what's came out so far and that Andrew Lincoln has been spotted on the Walking Dead Season 9 set photos. Now, he looks like something that we have talked about, the time jump that I've kind of wanted so far to kind of reboot this series that has kind of got stale uh, stale and stalled out a little bit for me. And we got the old man Rook look, Rick look, they say. Short hair, long beard, and that's what the comic book show. In the, the Great Festival, when after the Negan War ends, you get this Rick. I, I really like this Rick. This is old man Rick. This is Xavier sitting in his wheelchair. And he's not in a wheelchair, but this is Xavier sitting in his wheelchair and telling everybody what to do and how to do it and telling him why you should do it this way or how, how you should uh, uh, motivate this person this way. It's old man Rick. I really, really love the storyline of old man Rick. Now, after Carl died, that seemed to be the end of the storyline for the Grimes. 
and I know there's a daughter in the show, but the daughter's not really there. Nobody really is nobody really grasping to her. She died in the comic books. So without Carl, I don't really think Andrew Lincoln or Rick has any place in The Walking Dead anymore. There's nothing really to hold them there. You know, Mich- I know they start a relationship with Michonne and the comic books is Andrea and Andrea does pass away in the in the show early on, but in the comic book she is she is dead now. So with the, with me telling you this, how do you feel about Andrew Lincoln possibly leaving The Walking Dead after season 9? And I'll tell you what what's rumored to happen after that. See, for me, this is what I this is what I think. When I think of Andrew Lincoln, it's like before if you were to tell me this a while back, I would have been like, "Nah, I can't I can't can't lose him. Can't lose Rick." But what I want but after having Negan around for a while, I want, and knowing the story that kind of went into the comics, I want to jump ahead. And I know that you know Daryl's still alive. Yeah, I would. I want to see Daryl and old man Negan go on a motorcycle trip. Yeah, and I feel like old man. I feel like Negan is younger than Rick. Yeah. So I feel I. I know you've said this before. So I think that does work. I believe Negan's got to be. It seems like he's five, maybe six, seven years younger than Rick Grimes. Mm-hmm. Another person that we talked about, and I know you like the bike scenario of them riding off with bikes and and going on this Mad Max Fury road to someplace. I love I love your idea, but we've talked about Maggie taking over the lead of this series and how great of a, a leader Maggie is and how ruthless she is. She's kind of gotten more ruthless, and we saw that at the end of season eight. The storylines that are going to be going with Norman Reedus, you know, uh, Daryl and Maggie and them kind of going up against Rick and the him keeping Negan alive and the reason why he's keeping Negan alive. Now, it's been reported by multiple, multiple, multiple sources that Lauren Cohen, Maggie, contract for season nine is only for six episodes in the first half. She will be shooting Whiskey Cavalier that starts this summer and continues into the fall. So she's going to be a little bit busy with a different show. So that might be the reason she's only in six episodes. And we see, there's so many characters. We could see that working where it doesn't mean she's necessarily leaving the show. Because there's so many different characters to carry on an episode. We don't really need her in each episode. But the second half of season nine remains to be seen how involved Maggie will be in. Now, I wanted Maggie to run the show after Nick Rick departures or Old Man Rick. And we don't really see Rick that much anymore. How do you feel about maybe Maggie leaving the show possibly after season nine also? That is a rumor too. That's two big main characters that are basically right now sharing the hold of two leaders in the you show. Know, you know, honestly, you know, we talk about how bringing, bringing people up, bringing people, no, no names in, creating something new. They have some interesting characters. So here's my take. What if the character that uh, Carl saved, okay? Okay, Sadid. So what if Sadid winds up coming up and out of all this as a way of kind of like a pass down? What if they totally flip everything on its, uh, uh, you know, over and Sadid becomes a new leader? See, I think for people like me and you that like new storylines, like new characters, we would be all for this. I mean, me and you want the craziest, weirdest oh. X-Men movie possible. We, we would take a Jumbley movie. You know, Jubilee, 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 a Jubilee movie. I don't think that would work with the audience if that was the guy to carry on the mantle of Rick. I just don't think people would really grasp onto that. Now, the rumor is this, Damien, is that Norman Reedus is in talks with AMC to take over as the lead of The Walking Dead. Now we're talking. Yeah! About- 
now we're talking Sorry. about a twenty million dollar payday for him. I I was gonna ask you a question, but I can already see you're pretty excited about Daryl Dixon being the new lead of The Walking Dead. Now my reservations about that is that so far, and we'll see because he's taking on a different role and coming in next season, kind of going up against Rick. Now Daryl's been very quiet for what nine seasons it feels like but the last three he's been extremely quiet i that's why i like maggie as the leader so far because daryl really hasn't showed any lead qualities to me to me he's been the he sat back and he's seen how all these these different leaders run things so to me he's this guy that sits back he's got he's full of of a lot of a lot of different emotions and stuff that we saw. We've seen it with various characters when they get injured or things happen and we start to see more of this character come out. Now, what I think is going to happen is I think that they'll turn it around where he's been quiet because he's been watching. And by him being quiet and watching, it makes him be able to come in and say, hey, I've seen how you've done things. I've seen how you've done things. Let's see how I can do things because I'm the one that knows what all you've been doing and I've just been your henchman. That's a, that's a good point. Me, it's and, time for me to come in and show you actually how to do things to survive. And he's never backed down from anything. No. And he's always led by actions, not words. That's kind of the Daryl Dixon way. Now, let me just throw out this crazy scenario to you. Because I know you love this Harley bike, you know, mash rash type of thing. Now, I was thinking, you already brought it up, so but I was going to bring it up to you. Now we have Dwight, who we know he rides bikes. We have Negan, who's mentioned that he rode bikes in his pre, you know, before the apocalypse, and Norman Reedus. What if you have a three-headed snake of just this outlaw biker gang running around, knocking zombies off the heads like you would with a baseball bat to a mailbox, and just going across America and just raising hell? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, I almost feel like you were just mentioning the new type of Viagra because I got like a zombie <laughs> stiffy from what you just said. I knew you would like that. I knew you liked me throwing Dwight in there. And we also have Michonne. Michonne's a badass too. I think Michonne's going to hang on, but we know Michonne, the actor playing Michonne, sorry, is doing a lot of Marvel stuff now. And we know there's going to be a Black Panther too. She's going to blow up here, man. She was fantastic in Black Panther and in the Avengers Affinity War. So maybe we'll see how far along she's going to be in the series. We might see Daryl Dixon taking on for a while. I don't know how many more seasons they can go like this, though, Damien. I honestly think they need a kind of a reboot, a refresh. So I like the idea of the season nine, us getting a little something different. Same here. Like, I honestly, like everything you said there, Daryl Dixon taking over, I, that's phenomenal to me. That's, that's what, honestly, if you're going to have someone take over, you know what half of the boondock saints this is the other thing you can do <laughs> yeah, if you this is like the, the other boondock thing you can saints. do you know put in Sean uh is it Sean F- uh put put in his brother from boondock saints put him in yeah you give those two guys together in something or even even better yet you know what Daryl Dixon takes over put in his boondock saints brother as the new big bad that would be cool I mean, seriously, we know that they have chemistry. Seeing them fight each other would be damn, damn epic. It'd be sad, but epic. I well, got- oh my God, what would happen if you put him in as the big bad and then he actually is the one that winds up killing Daryl Dixon? Oh. And then Negan and then Negan takes over as the main leader and kill and avenges Daryl. That'd be cool too. 
It would be, but do you know how fucking heart wrenching that would be? That would be way heart wrenching. Oh, oh absolutely. my god! Another another thing I had the uh, just a quick cap on this is the twenty million dollar contract. To me, seems like that they are losing Andrew Lincoln and Laura Cohen, and that Daryl was talking about if they're leaving, maybe I'm going to leave. So maybe they're trying to overpay Daryl uh, Norman Reedus to stay on for The Walking Dead. Just something I thought of. You know, just to seem like a lot of money, but Walking Dead's made a ton of money. Now, continuing right. rumors, there is a rumor that really upsets you here, and that is the crow is falling apart in front of our eyes. And again, Jason Momoa, for the second time, has dropped off the crow remake, or the crow reboot, however you want to say it. This is very sad to me, man. Uh, yeah, it's horrible, because Jason Momoa, like, I was like, oh my god. This is like, this is it. This is like our crow. This is going to be amazing. The director and him leaving, it was horrible. Like, it's just such a major hit. The film has had such a hard time. The original person who was supposed to play the crow was Bradley Cooper. This is years ago. Bradley yeah. Cooper was supposed to be him. And then he backed out. It's just this, you know, they, I don't like to say this. They call it the, the Bruce Lee or the Lee family curse. And I feel like because they're going back and trying to tell that original story, I feel like it's starting to make me wonder if it's real. Because <laughs> it's getting a little cursed. It, it feels cursed. This show feels cursed. Like I just, I want this movie to happen so bad because it is a favorite character of mine, and it's just not happening. And it's any time we get someone that I can really back, get my my back, you know, just like yes, this is going to be incredible. And then it doesn't happen. It's like, geez, okay, fine. Don't now, let me be happy. Now, a lot of people are saying this about Jason Momoa is that he's too beefy and intimidating and uh, to be the perfect Draven Crow. The character immortalized by Brandon Lee was kind of a thinner guy, wasn't very imposing as a as a man, uh, smaller guy. How do you feel like that? Because Jason Momoa is a giant man. He is, and but the thing is, is that he's got this, he's got this predator like look to him like he's he looks predatory and i feel that putting him in the crow's makeup and having him look at you with his long hair and he just tilts his head and he looks at you that's gonna scare the living shit out of you the thing is is brandon lee in that makeup scared the living shit out of you but it was the softer side of brandon lee before everything happened and he became the crow is what really Pushes the storyline. Yeah, yes. because yeah. people really fell for him and that softer side. Can Jason Momoa give us that soft, loving, romantic side, you know, in the opening scene? If they're remaking it, they're going to have to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he can because, I mean, he, I mean, we forget he, I mean, he actually, if he wanted to lean out and not be as bulky, he could do that too. True. A lot of, a lot of us forget that he was from Baywatch Hawaii. Oh, Before he right. got scarred up and everything, oh, and he okay. did he did the whole love stuff on there and everything. Okay, so I mean, I know I'm going way back with him there. That he's something he probably would rather not remember. <laughs> but I'm just saying, he if you were to take look at if you were to look at him back when he was on Baywatch Hawaii, you would look at that character and be like, oh, hey, that looks very actually looks kind of similar to Brandon Lee, and could could obviously could play take that on. So yeah, if you take off his facial hair yeah if he was to not have the facial hair um which you'd have to for the makeup but yeah it doesn't work with yeah. the makeup yeah yeah so if you didn't have the facial hair he very much 
can not he can play that that part and look not look that, so that imposing. Part. Yeah, and he's and he is a musician. He is a musician. So I mean, he was a rocker. He was everything. He was Draven, and that's what is just killing me. So shave his beard, put his hair up into a bun, call him a hipster, and then there and have him play. You know. A guitar, and we got our we got our uh, romantic side of uh, Jason Momoa. It would work. It does, yeah, <laughs> and it, and that's what he does in general. He does. He puts his hair up in the middle. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's like, so I mean, he's got it. All right. So this is what I have for you, Damien. Since we're losing Jason Momoa, I'm just gonna throw out this. I have a long list here, but I'm not gonna pull out the whole list. I, I pulled out three guys that I know you'd really like, and I'm gonna hit you hard right off the bat. The bat here, Jared Leto. Yes. 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 Yeah. Fuck yes. I think Excuse he'd be perfect. Language, yeah. I think he would he, be. I think he's he'd... perfect for that role. And the thing is, is that he gets into his character so much that he would become the character. The only thing that I would worry about this for him is because he gets so involved in his characters. And Brandon Lee got so involved in this character that he did an interview. He did an interview that said, if I die making this film, I die making my masterpiece. He walks away from that interview, goes to shoot the next scene, and dies. And that was in the pawn shop with the shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next person. Now, this is a curveball here. Rose McGowan. Ooh. A woman in her 40s as the next crow. Now, she really gets into her roles, too. Uh, I kind of think of her as like at, in the Planet Terror type of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I I could see that. That would be a good a good switch up. I don't think they would do that, but I like the switch up. I like the curveball. Yeah. All right, the last one I have for you is Killian Murphy. Now you might know him as a scarecrow from The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I think he he's kind of a every role he gets into, he kind of gets into too. He's not as much as Jared Leto, uh, but I'd still like I, it. You know, it's uh, what was that? Twenty eight days. 28 days later yeah he's in 28 days later yeah yeah that was phenomenal i've liked i've loved him ever since then and he's got that creepy look because that's the thing is he, he got that that's so what he's he, great for the scarecrow yeah yeah so he could i think he could pull it off too uh i mean there's nothing that says you have to be a martial artist in this it just helps with the fight scenes absolutely but, yeah but you have you know you, you have, have yeah 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 you have people that can come in and do that for you now, just the last one, because I forgot about this guy, but I kind of like this idea as Bill Skarsgård. He has that creepy got, look too. He does got he does, and you know, after seeing him play uh, Pennywise, yeah, I I think that he could do it too. He and just doesn't also, have the soft features that like Brandon Lee had for that opening. You know, for the opening of the movie, he has to be that lovable character, and that's the same thing with uh, Killian Murphy. I don't think he has that soft side. That's why I really like Jared Leto at this. Just to yeah. shit, you know, shave Jared Leto with those dark blue eyes. I mean, I'm looking at him right now and I'm falling in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the crow. And we're kind of all disappointed about the crow kind of falling apart here. But there's something that's on that's not a rumor, guys. But it kind of falls into this whole thing. And it's something that was teased an awful lot by Todd McFarlane. If you watch his Facebook streams as he shows you how to draw and all yep, that stuff. I love that stuff, man. He's really been teasing at who he's going to cast. He kept saying, oh, who would you guys like to see cast? I would like maybe this guy. And he would always go back to him. So the answer was right in front of your face the entire time. But yeah. You just didn't know it. He's, he does this all the time to you. When he teases his new line of toys, when he teases anything, he's always on it. Just... He's, he's on point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's telling you what's going to happen. You just, but you're so busy 
with the sleight of hand with him drawing a new item or something like that in front of you that you don't pay attention to what he just told you. Jamie Foxx is our new spawn. And I'm happy about it. So am I. I am so kinda, happy about this. I feel like it's kind of left, left field for me, but that's, again, maybe I wasn't paying attention. But he said that Jamie Foxx came to his studios and sat down with him and wanted to talk to him about a remake of the Spawn. Or, or Spawn. And Todd McFarlane at the time wasn't ready for a remake of it yet. But when he started writing this movie, he had Jamie Foxx in mind all along. So when he finished writing it, he and everybody was asking him, uh, from Blumhouse, who do you think you want to have play Spawn? He said, look, we're going to go Jamie Foxx from 1 to 10. And if he denies me, I'll just try again. And if he denies me, I'll try again. So he brought Jamie Foxx back to the studios. And he said, I want to talk about Spawn again. And Jamie Foxx right away said, let's do it. So I'm, it's kind of all the feel for me. But uh, I'm really excited for this. And what Tom Fallen had to say about this character, and it's something that Damien and me, uh, Damien brought up to me in the Discord, and everybody jump on our Discord and talk about these things. It will be linked to the show notes. Please do. Is that Donald McFarlane says the scariest movies from Jaws to John Carpenter's The Thing or The Grudge in the Ring, the boogeyman doesn't talk. McFarlane told Deadline and acknowledged that he's gotten odd stares from studio suits in the past on this approach. It confuses people because of the comic book industry and the people they're all default into their Captain America mindset. And I keep saying no. Get into John Carpenter's mindset or Hitchcock. This is not a man in a rubber suit. It's not a hero that's going to come and save the Dazmal. It's none of that. At the end of the movie, I'm hoping that the audience will say either it is this a ghost that turns into a man or is this a man that turns into a ghost? So you're getting the character that you heard him talk about before who's going to be that silent anti-hero. Yeah, and the thing is, is if you really get, if you really know Spawn, he always was. It wasn't until later on down the line as he started fighting and becoming less of a, because he started off more of a villain. Correct. And yeah. and as he became more of an anti-hero and as he became more of a hero, he started gaining some more of his humanity back from Mel Boja and was able to kind of start, he started communicating more. Because then he started talking to Wanda more and he started talking, you know, he started, you know, he introduced, came back. I mean, at one point he went from being this rotting zombie. He actually gained his, his humanity look back. He gained his skin back. So um, he started getting more comfortable as the series went along and the books as comfortable of who he was and who his self was. Now, yeah. Tom McFarlane also said that he's got a trilogy in mind here. And I'm not inclined in the first movie to do an origin story, he says. I'm mentally exhausted from origin stories. Luckily, there's a movie that just came out, which I haven't seen yet. And I don't know if you have yet either, Damien. Is a quiet place. I really look. I really want to see this. The first yeah. thing on the screen is a card in black and white letters that say "Day 89." So the quiet place didn't give you the origin story. They put you right in the middle of it, and that's what he wants to do with the Spawn movie. And I, I'm really excited that he's doing that also. But the way that he's doing this is an interesting factor too, because Spawn, yeah, the movie Spawn, but. It's not necessarily Spawn is like a ancillary character in his own film because the way that they're going to tell the origin story, and this is where I think you'll wind up seeing Jamie Foxx talking, is because it's following Sam and Twitch. They're fall, they're like fall, coming up on these grisly murders and things like that. To where as they solve the crime, 
what I'm thinking he's going to do is he's probably going to do some, some type of like CSI thing where, you know, like they, they're investigating the scene and then the scene plays back because they're they're catching on to certain things. And maybe out of the corner of their eye, they see Spawn like off the off on the side and he takes off. So then they get this idea of this this taped vigilante that they're looking for. OK, and as as they start tracking down things, they, they find connections to this per the people he's finding. Maybe he's maybe he's finding the people who killed him. Or is they're now going after his family or something like that. So now they're tracking down as they're finding, they're finding this connection. Oh, this guy was connected to this mercenary, Al Simmons. Oh, this guy's connected to this guy. And then that is where you would see Jamie Foxx as himself and you know, with the loving husband, all that stuff. But then see the darker side where he was a contract killer. And you see that stuff. And so that would give you your ability to say, oh, that's Jamie Foxx in the suit. But you would see them as they explore. So kind of like they're going in and finding the scenes and as time they're finding the scene, we're getting where it's dialing itself back a la almost like Westworld. And you're seeing a different timeline that's explaining what went on. That would, that would, I would be okay with that. And I like that. I don't think we need an origin story for spawn. And if people don't know who spawn is, there's so much material out yeah. there that you can figure it out before the movie hits. Go back and watch the H- HBO has it on, on again, watch the Todd McFarlane animated, spawn series it's amazing so and, good it's that's one and of the best ones and it has salmon twitch it introduces you to salmon twitch like here's the thing if i was to pick someone to play twitch okay if i was to pick someone to play twitch this is who i would want to play twitch because he just looks like it um and it's the actor who played napoleon dynamite oh john heater john header yes so if you look at him in napoleon dynamite and you put a mustache on him i'm looking at him right now with a beard yeah, so but if you look at him with the hair from Napoleon Dynamite, that's Twitch. Okay, yeah, all right. But can once so, uh, now usually John Heder plays or Teeter plays a a comedic a comedic roles. I've seen him in a couple dramatic things that are not you know triple A movies, but just yeah. you know straight to DVD. I think he could be able to pull it off. I think he could, and he just he's a, he's just a perfect Twitch. Now Sam is a different character. I wouldn't. I'm not sure exactly who. Like, I almost feel, I almost feel like Jack Black because I've seen Jack Black do drama. I feel like Jack Black could be a good pick to place uh, Sam alongside okay. John Hitter, and that would be an interesting role for them both to play. And it would be out of left field; nobody would expect it. But you give them that role in this dark, gritty, grimy kind of situation. Kind of shoot it in, you know, shoot it in, in like you know, in a in a bluish, you know, color scheme all almost if you could almost touch on like a if, if you could almost touch on on kind of like sin city feel okay i just i just i want i want the color of well, the things where i want to stand out is i want the color just like the comics i want the cape i want yeah. the cape to, to stand out I i'm with you dark. on that yeah that should be because that's almost a character in itself it is. His cape is has all its own powers. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And when that red hits like the cover of the comic book or even in the HBO anime series that you're talking about, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. I, I completely so, agree with you, yeah. So I, I feel like it needs to be a very muted colored film, very dark and grimy, but then have this vibrance that happens when you see the red highlights of Spawn. Sin, Sin City is a perfect example of what you're talking about. Exactly. I, I would love it to be shot something like that. Yeah, that would be great. 
what was that other movie that Samuel L. Jackson was in? It was a terrible comic book movie, but it was shot, shot almost in black and white, but very... The go- uh, uh, the, not the Phantom, not the... The Spectre. The, the, Spectre. S- the Spectre? Okay. It was something terrible. <laughs> have... They are in the same comic book universe as... But the color scheme you're talking yeah. about is in that movie. It's really yeah. great. When the red hits the red, it's just like it's on the screen. It's, it's a life of its own. Yeah. And so I'm, there's a lot of hope for this stuff. Spawn is another one of those those those. Uh, it's it's another one of those those like just covers everything, toys everything that I it's it's something that I'm just a huge fan of. And it's uh, something that everybody has something to say about. Spawn oh yeah. has Spawn has grabbed so many different people, so many different ways from the cartoons to the toys, the comic books to the original 1997 movie. That so many people have an opinion about Spawn and what Spawn should be. I mean, Spawn pretty much is Image Comics. I mean, initially. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So everybody has their own opinion on Spawn. So I'm really curious to see what people think about Jamie Foxx's playing Spawn. Hit us up in the Discord. Hit us up on the Facebook page. We have posted a couple links on there on the Facebook page. Hit us up on that and talk to us about it. See who you would like to play Spawn if you don't like the Jamie Foxx idea. I really like the Jamie Foxx idea. I think he can transform into this character extremely well. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. I can't wait for this. Next week, Cobra Kai, it's being touted as like one of the best TV shows out there. Like I'm not I'm not all the way through with it yet. Yeah, I, I want to talk what, to you about it when you're completely done, yeah. So, what I have seen of it though, it hits in the nostalgia, like hits me right in the nostalgia sack. I'm just gonna say that. And the thing about it, though, is that people are saying, "Yeah, season two, season two. That I'm halfway through, and I'm saying this hits great for nostalgia. I don't know exactly how a season two would hit, but so well, I'll have to wait when I get through to the end. The other thing that we'll talk about next week is we're going to talk about a little bit of thing. You know, we talked about how Roseanne was doing really good. Yeah, that's depressing, man. Yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, on next episode. And a lot more stuff about some things going on in video games. And uh, there's some, some new ones that have been coming out. Other ones I'm getting back into. Monster Hunters released a bunch of new content. And I'm going to be checking out some of that stuff. And, you know, hit us up in Discord. Let us know the games that you're playing. And give us some t- stories. You know, if you can give us a story about the game that you're playing and stuff that you're doing right now, we want to feature you on our show. We are talking about going in and doing one of those, like the Speak Pipe or something like that service where you could call in, leave a message, and we could take that message where you tell a story. As long as it's mostly clean, <laughs> we can take that story and we can throw it on and put it into episodes so people can hear what's going on. Like, I. But please leave Damien your dirty messages. Mm. <laughs> yes, you can. And to eat, to give us those dirty messages, you can email us uh, with Geekologist Radio, NinjaPancake.com, or at Geekologist Radio uh, at gmail.com. That's the easiest one to get a hold of us through. Or like I said, the Discord, definitely a good way to get us. On Twitter, at Geekologist Radio, minus the T for character restrictions. On the web at geekologistradio.com, we are we. I know we keep saying it, but we actually are coming down and redoing even some of the ideas that I had for the website because we really want to. Uh, after this packs coming up, we want or buy packs. We want to have the website up and ready to go so that when we start doing some articles, we can get them kicked out there. Absolutely. Uh, 
until then, you'll find our articles over on uh, Silver, which she'll be coming back to the show as soon as she as soon as she can. She's on vacation right now, but uh, she on her website, SilverSoulGaming.com. But be sure, guys, to go over and check out the newly renovated NinjaPancake.com for all your good podcasting needs. Check out Analog uh, Analog Assault. They just put out an episode, guys, that is called uh, that they recorded at Comic Palooza down in Texas, and it's called Ready Set Podcast. And they kind of just go through and tell you the different, you know, the different mistakes people make while podcasts are getting ready to start. They tell you, break you down how to get yourself started. I wish that something like this was out there. The clo- we did have something similar to it. Uh, it was the guide to streaming from N64 Josh, which was is an excellent source of information. And if you were to go and listen to that audiobook or read the digital copy of the book, which if you follow go ncc4josh.com, he actually has that available still. You can go on through Gumroad and get that. And if you listen to that and then you go on and you listen to their most uh, Analog Assault's most recent episode, it'll really do a breakdown for you and basically get you the leg up that we didn't have when we first got started. Absolutely. There's a ton of good information out there. Everybody should research stuff before they start something. But just always remember, be good to each other. Synergy is key, and we will see you next week. For this, oh wait, <laughs> on Twitter you can find you can find me at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. Nick, where can we find you? Find me on the Discord. Check out the show notes. I'm pushing yes! this Discord. Get on there. Yes. We're talking about stuff that's on the Facebook page. If you see it on the Facebook page, jump on the Discord, argue with me about it, leave a comment on the Facebook page. Or argue about the show. You don't like Jamie Foxx. You don't like the Walking Dead rumors. You don't like me saying Rick and leave. Please come yell at me and find me on Twitter at Nick and PDX. And with that, guys, this week we are out. <laughs>